Good afternoon, good morning. This is Mark Johnson from Loyalty 360. I hope everyone's happy, safe, and well. I want to welcome you back to another edition of our Leaders in Customer Loyalty series. In this series, we talk to leading agencies, technology partners, and consultants in customer channel and brand loyalty about the technology trends and best practices that impact a brand's ability to drive unique experiences, enhance engagement, and most importantly, impact customer loyalty. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with John Nash. He's the Chief Marketing Officer at Redpoint Global. John, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. Great. Thanks, Mark. Excited to be here. Your focus on loyalty is key in today's market environment. So glad to talk about this. Absolutely. Thank you again. Um, when you uh, want to start these, we like to get to know the people we are talking with a little bit uh, on a more personal level. So we'd love to learn a little bit about you, uh, everything you do at Redpoint, and maybe even a fun fact about yourself. Do you have 14 kids? Do you like to uh, jump out of airplanes? Or what, what's a fun fact? with a fun fact. Yeah, I'm based in Minnesota, which is proud home of uh, over 20 winter Olympians, uh, including Jesse Diggins and John Schuster. Schuster. So there's some there's some great stories and just got done watching them perform and uh, really exciting times. So we, we make the most of our winters up here in the north. So that's one of, one of my fun facts. Um, my daughter's an alpine racer too, and she is she makes the most of it. Um, so, you know, I've spent my career helping brands create value out of their customer data. I'm the chief marketing and strategy officer for Redpoint, so I help our our business develop our markets, grow revenue, advance our thought leadership, and in Redpoint in general, helps brands personalize engagement with consumers. Uh, We help coordinate the data, analytics, and actions uh, for new customer experiences and ambitious leaders that want to create really differentiated experiences and and improve their loyalty with with their customers. Uh, we do this for Fortune 500 companies across a bunch of industries, uh, retail, banking, healthcare, travel being some of them, you know, with some portfolios of 150 million consumers plus. Um, some have a smaller base, but they're really innovative and they're really trying to do some great, re- neat things. Um, you know, I think one other you know, fun business fact, uh, if you will, is I, I co-founded the CRM line of business for Accenture back in the 90s. Um, and I also led their customer insight practice. And it's, it's kind of interesting. Back in the 90s, we did a, a thought leadership piece that was published in a compilation called Defying the Limits, Making the Most of CRM. And uh, the piece was based, was focused on the data gap and the notion that there's much, much more data available to brands back then than they can action. And I think it's fun and interesting. If you fast forward today, the gap is still there. So we, we were able to action it better, but there's just that much more data. And we still are breaking down in the action for a few, in quite a few different ways, whether that data is just left on cutting room floors or poor data quality, or it's fragmented. So um, it, it's interesting that the gap still persists. Yeah, there definitely is a, a huge gap um, uh, with regard to how to action data. We have a number of unique AI entities we work with, but brands are, they struggle. They struggle with the technology, getting it to work, make sure it integrates, uh, you know, and what data sets do they need to create actionability, to create personalization? Uh, is it first party data, zero party data, and, or, you know, how, how do you create a simple process for brands to follow? Because there is, as you mentioned, just a kind of a surfeit of, of data and it only grows. Yep. So uh, for those who may not be familiar uh, about Redpoint, you kind of touched on a little bit uh, what you guys do. Um, uh, how does the platform work? How does the technology you know, enable some of the personalization efforts that you spoke to? You know, good question. We help, we've got software that helps brands personalize their experiences and really the perfect customer experience, however they define it, which is, of course, predicated on perfect customer data, especially when you're personalizing things. 
Uh, and we've got a platform that helps you do that. It, and it's it starts with customer data management and being able to create a single customer view, aggregating all of your data and attributes in real time, uh, matching records. We've got machine learning and AI to recommend the next best actions based on that data and really tune to your business objectives. And then also orchestration software so you can orchestrate the experience, taking advantage of that data and those next best actions and really action it in the context of the customer's journey at the moment when they need it, or you can drive the most value and drive loyalty up or drive market basket size or ultimately revenue up. And we do that in an omni-channel way. So it's it's all channels, it's dynamic, it's not multi-channel, it's omni-channel. So as, as consumers now increasingly are going across channels, we stay with that. The journey is very seamless and, and we take all the friction out of it. And it, we do it in a little bit of a unique way in that we have an open garden approach uh, where we, we integrate the software with your existing MarTech stack into your cloud. So you can keep your data in place, you can keep your customer data totally secure according to your, your parameters, and you can keep your channels in place, the endpoints to the consumer, but you really overlay this notion of the, the data, the analytics, and orchestration to make it a seamless experience. Right. Um, and I think that, that that's very key, uh, as you mentioned, making sure that people don't have to change their data lake, don't, don't have to change their kind of process or CDP, whatever it may be, because as, as I mentioned earlier, and as you uh, pointed to, it's very challenging to get the technology to work. And if it's working, last thing they want to do is to, uh, you know, blow up the, the, the tech stack uh, to, to get to the quote unquote promise of personalization that obviously you employ, which is great. Yep. Uh, you recently did a research study uh, revealing some trends in brand and customer loyalty. Can you tell us a little bit about the research, uh, what you focused on, and what your goals for the research were? Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. We've done a number of consumer research studies. Uh, we're a B2B software company, but we really like to survey consumers to make sure we're on top of our game and how brands are working with their consumers and kind of the consumer experiences are always changing. Uh, and there's more of an emphasis on loyalty now with the growing customer Base, where marketers wanting to grow their customer base even more so, um, given the cost of ac customer acquisition, the difficulty of customer acquisition in light of third-party cookies going away, the rising costs, et cetera. So, um, you know, that's why that's why we did it. Our goal was to really just understand those dynamics and what the opportunities were. Okay. Uh, you know, coming on the research, what were some of the most significant findings that you saw around personalization, around brand loyalty? Uh, you know, did any of the results that you saw surprise you? Yeah, I think there were two key insights that I'd kind of probably let gravitate toward. One is that personalization is key to brand connection. So consumers are have strongly indicated that personalization and this kind of overall frictionless experience is really foundational to building those relationships at last. And there's a bunch of stats in there that support this. Um, just a few of them are 74% of consumers believe that brand loyalty is about being valued and understood. So those two dimensions are key. It's not about discounts or loyalty perks. 64% of consumers would rather purchase a product from a brand that knows them. So this really driver of wanting to be understood is critical. And even more so, 34% would spend more money on the product to do so. So if, 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 you, consumers, if brands really know consumers, they're going to get more out of it. Um, also, 49% of consumers said they're more likely to consider a purchase from a brand that does personalization well. So it's not only doing personalization, but it's doing it really at a leading edge way in, 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 in standing out your brand versus other brands. And then nearly a third of consumers were willing to overlook a bad experience. 
so this is another loyalty factor is you can use it to grow your base and expand, but you can also use it to overcome bad experiences. And there's a lot of friction, especially with um, the digital transformation going on and the degree of change going on with, with companies. So th that's an important thing as well. Yeah, I think that's interesting uh, with regard to overcoming a bad experience. Traditionally, brands have uh, uh, never wanted to say they're sorry, never want to take actionability for uh, kind of a foible that happened. But I think there's a realization now that you mentioned if you kind of own up to it, it actually can strengthen the, the brand proposition, the customer loyalty proposition with the consumer. Yeah. And, uh, I think you're seeing kind of a, uh, if you listen, understand and apologize, it can be just uh, very uh, you know, pragmatic and, and, and advantageous for the brand for sure. Exactly. That's right on. And the, the second major insight is that loyalty is relative, that you know, most consumers are truly loyal to just a very few number of brands. And 65% um, of consumers profess that they love fewer than three brands. 9% claim to not love even a single brand. 40% uh, identified quality goods and services as essential to loving a brand. But that means that 60% are identifying some other intangible. Uh, one of those intangibles was rated high was 17%, uh, the quality of experience across all channels. That was their chief requirement. Um, so in the, in the way that consumers can help do this is make them feel understood. And they, they also, consumers, 52% 52, 52 of them recognize that offering a relevant product and service recommendation is really what's going to drive that loyalty. Uh, making it easier to navigate is, is another driver. Uh, another 41% said they felt understood through the frequency of interactions. So in, in general, organizations can thrive in this environment if they deliver timely, relevant, and highly personalized information at the right moment. Absolutely. When you look at the research, uh, generational insight, were there things that you saw that may be a different or kind of divide between what Gen X, Millennials, Gen Z customers, uh, you know, may have with regard to key drivers of the personalization and kind of that uh, engagement uh, paradigm? Yeah, it's a great question, Mark. I was just looking at this, we had a cross tab by, by age of some of the value drivers. And there's some really interesting insights on why customers are loyal. Uh, and I'll, I'll go, some of the age brackets we did was 25 to 34. Um, they were two times more likely to cite brand connectivity, brands connecting its values to my values as a driver of loyalty than people that are 65 plus. So it's 36% uh, versus 18%. Um, and that, that bared out too, even if you're comparing generation X against millennials and Z, um, they, they, they are all in that kind of 25 to 34, closer to the 36 than to the 18%. So there's a little, there's quite a bit of drop off when you, when you get some of those older generations. There was also a, a 3X difference. I was looking at anything that had two or three times dramatic differences in the results um, where those age 25 to 34 uh, preferred customized messages and promotions that are tailored to them. Uh, in, at 19% versus 6% for 30, 65 plus. Uh, so that's 3X. Um, it also bore out a 2X difference for Gen X at 13% versus Gen Z at 30%. Um, so definitely an age has an impact on uh, you know, how much people want their messages tailored and customized. And then I, you kind of flip that on the inverse of discounts. So the 65 plus age bracket was three times more likely to prefer discounts uh, as part of the loyalty program as the, as the key driver with 43% of them citing that as number one and 14% of 25 to 34 citing it. 
Um, and again, similar deltas of 2x for Gen X at 28% versus Gen Z at 15%. So I'm, I know I'm throwing a lot of stats at you, but I think the importance is this, you know, there's definitely an age twice as likely or three times as likely difference. And if you look at your own customer segments, you're going to uncover some very interesting dynamics there. We also asked about what actions that uh, brands did that made the consumers feel understood and kind of universally across all age demographics was uh, this notion of providing a relevant product and service offering. That was a number one requirement. So that's, that's actually good. This, this relevance is important, which of course puts pressure on personalization. Um, one of the interesting deltas by age was this, um, uh, the people, I think it was uh, the 25 to 34 age bracket again, was twice as likely to cite understanding my preference changes and how they evolve as I evolve as a key driver in this area versus 15% um, for 65 plus. It was 31% for 25 to 34 and 15% for 65. So that's another 2X. Absolutely, interesting. Uh, when you look at personalization, it's a, it's a very uh, sanguine and very important, uh, timely uh, uh, area of uh, interest for our brands. We actually meet with brands on a daily basis. Uh, and then we also have weekly meetings. Uh, we had one recently on personalization, cadence management, and segmentation. So personalization is very important, as you mentioned. Having the right technology to en enable and empower that is important. You know, what do you see as the opportunity for brands to enhance their personalization efforts? What's the opportunity for these brands? You know, I think the opportunity is really to close uh, some gaps out there. There's this gap between customer expectations and what the brands are doing. And there's also a strategy to execution gap. And that's where uh, brands have great customer strategies in mind, to your point. They, they've got their segments defined. They know what they want to do, but they can't execute it the way they want to operationally. So I, I think the opportunities there are around um, just having a mindset that you can be customer centric and you can shift investments to, to address these things, these gaps. Um, and really get outsized results. And I think it was Gartner that said that 42% of MarTech stack is underutilized. And so you, you've got 42% of your existing investments you could redeploy in other ways. Um, we've kind of overinvested, I think, as marketers in the channels or the endpoints to consumers and underinvested in the orchestration of those channels. Uh, we've overinvested in rear view reporting and underinvested in machine learning, as an example. Um, we've left a lot of data on the cutting room floor, and it's really critical to get all these behavioral data to match identities and, and really close those data gaps. And when we, at, we found working with brands, when we do that, um, you can drive double or even triple digit increases in revenue while driving down you know, double digit decreases in interaction costs. And we've done this in retail and travel and healthcare. One example is with Zantera. Uh, Zantera handles all the lodging at the U.S. National Parks, plus they have a number of adventure brands. Uh, so the travel services company, uh, they have a very granular view of their segments. They've, they've accumulated 300 different attributes into a single customer view. Um, they've integrated it with their existing stack so they can manage the customer journey in a highly personalized way, pre-trip, trip, post-trip, post um, across all those journey stages. And they've got significant lift in repeat visits, a share of wallet, while also shifting some interaction costs to lower cost channels. And they also reduce the number of touches. So there are ways to have it both ways. I think the opportunity is to drive revenue up and reduce costs down both at the same time. Okay, great. When you look at uh, kind of the technology challenge, you mentioned that uh, as well. Uh, you know, we have an analyst process. We assess platforms and 
uh, that's a huge area of challenge too with brands. Uh, we also meet periodically to talk about different platforms, what they like, what they don't like. Uh, but technology getting into work, as you mentioned, is is hugely uh, kind of front and center for uh, CMOs, VPs of marketing, VPs of customer loyalty. And here, the, the Gartner set, I think that kind of you know embellishes that. You know, when you look at the challenges regarding technology, how should brands address these these challenges? It's a great question. I think it's best addressed incrementally. So there is no real big bang approach that's going to get you there. Uh, we can't afford it. But yeah, we can't wait because digital transformation is going full steam ahead. So it's best to do it incrementally, but have your long-term vision in mind as you're doing that. And there's lots of ways to do it incrementally. I think from a data perspective, ultimately you want to know all that's knowable across all identifiers, but you can start with the data that's most valuable. You can resolve identities across certain aspects and maybe not, maybe you're not resolving all of your anonymous, but you're resolving all of your known customer identities. Um, and you really, you really can't hope to personalize experience without that deep understanding. So I advocate starting here first in the incremental is, is make sure your data is in shape. Um, but there's also ways to increment your weight in the AI and machine learning aspects too and getting those next best actions out. Um, you can start with segmentation and really getting a, 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 a view of your customer base in a much more dynamic way and granular way. Um, you can add simple next best actions or you can also do complex predictive models and optimization models over time. So that there's, there's definitely ways to increment your way there. And then orchestration, maybe one of the more difficult ways to increment because journeys are increasingly cross-channel and they're real-time. So you kind of have to at least get that real-time basis in place um, so that no matter where the customer shows up, you can orchestrate the next best action for them. Uh, and, and you really can't be, you can't have data that's seven days behind or 24 hours behind um, the customer journey. It's really, it really does have to be real-time today. Um, and you can increment that you know, with, again, certain data incremented in certain channels, your high volume channels, et cetera. But that, that's my general, uh, I think, advice on the technology is increment your weight of value. Okay, great. Um, when you look at um, brands who are looking to enhance their personalization efforts, you talked about uh, kind of the, da the data challenges, uh, being able to kind of pull the data together, create some sim simplicity in the process and also the reporting. You know, what piece of advice, what one piece of advice would you offer up to a brand who's looking to increase the efficacy of their personalization efforts? I think the one piece of advice is really evaluate and shift your mindset. Um, you know, I was, I was watching another Minnesota connection of the Mayo Clinic. There was a Ken Burns documentary on the Mayo Clinic way, and they're, they are very consumer centric, patient centric. Um, and they, they really figured out a way to have a mindset where they were entrepreneurial competitive, idealistic, and they serve patients individually. And they did that all at the same time. And I think that's a mindset we, we can all adapt. We can all be entrepreneurial, be agile, fast, focus on the high value use cases for personalization. We are in a fiercely competitive market um, and consumers are picking the winners based on the level of personalization that survey bore that out. So you've got to, you've got to think about this as a really competitive differentiated yep. aspect. Um, you can be idealistic. You can really drive revenue up and cost down. It doesn't have to be a cost-driven initiative. And also just you can really do it individually. So the technology exists today to do it at scale, both digitally and physically. Uh, and so you should embrace it. That's interesting. And last question we have, what do you think the next big thing for customer loyalty is? Yeah, I think the next big thing is optimization and really 
there's lots of things we can optimize around personalization and loyalty. It's one is the spend. Um, so shifting money from acquisition to loyalty, there's definitely an opportunity there with, again, the third-party cookies going away, being more difficult to acquire new customers. Um, there's optimization that we can do for lifetime value and really optimizing across the, all the customer journey stages. Uh, we can certainly optimize our use of data. Uh, the value, there's a lot of value of data that's going unrealized today. Um, we can optimize our investments both within and across channels. Um, and, and we can do that in a way that, you know, as I mentioned before, you can leave solutions in place. So there's ways to do this optimization and to do it incrementally and also to do it in, in real time. I think you've got to, you've got to be able to, eventually we could be in a, in a world where the machine learning is optimiz optimizing in real time, that you feed it your business objectives, it's taking in new data, it's adapting to changes in consumer behavior in real time and still delivering you you are against your business objectives, whether that's increased share of wallet or lifetime value or just revenue growth. So I think that's the that, that is really the the frontier here is optimization. It's the next big thing. Absolutely interesting. Well, John, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. It was uh, great to learn a little bit more about Redpoint and also uh, learning more about the research you just conducted. Very uh, timely uh, as well. So thank you very much for taking the time to uh, speak with us today. Great, thanks, Mark. Absolutely. And thank you everyone for listening. Please uh, make sure to join us back for our Leaders and Customer Loyalty Series. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.